Dissonance Media and the Other Stories presents Step into the abyss of After the Gloaming, a gothic fiction podcast that delves into the depths of human emotion. Unyielding love, revenge, internal struggles, and restless souls await you in nine haunting episodes where dread, fear, and rare glimpses of eerie happiness linger. Dare to listen on your favourite podcatcher? After the gloaming beckons, search now, but beware, innocence will be left behind. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. These aren't the stories your mother told you. No, these are the other stories. If you've got a podcast, a small business, or even an evil brotherhood of dastardly dentists, then did you know that you could advertise it here on The Other Stories? We've got a number of packages available now, and if you're looking to get your business or project in the years of over 10,000 listeners for a single episode, or if you prefer to sponsor a whole theme, more like 50,000 listeners, then get in touch via our website, theotherstories.net forward slash contact. Once again, that's theotherstories.net forward slash contact. Today's episode of The Other Stories is Floating, written by Georgia Cook and narrated by Justin Fife. Floating, floating, floating. Andrew's voice crackled over the radio, soft and monotone. Looping, looping. Then cut abruptly. Tim reached out a trembling hand and pressed the play button again. A hiss of static, and the voice resumed. Floating, floating, floating. Steve suppressed a shudder. Christ, Tim, give it a rest. Tim shot him a vicious look over the top of the monitor, his face pale and gaunt. He looked like he hadn't slept in days. Steve rolled his eyes and unclipped himself from his chair, floating out into the shuttle's main corridor. Andrew's voice followed him up. Floating, floating, floating. 
Carrie was in the kitchen, counting food packs. Her eyes were as red as Tim's, but she offered Steve a thin smile. Tim's still playing that damn tape, said Steve. He's upset, said Carrie. Christ, we're all upset. He's working himself into a state. He's coping. Coping. There it was. The magical world for obligated captivity. No word from ground control on pulling the plug, so they were coping. Because Earth was four months in the other direction, and there was too much money riding on this. More than one dead astronaut was worth. Coping was all they could do. Carrie drifted away towards the top deck. She watched Steve go. She hated him too. He knew she was just better at hiding it. Andrew hadn't hated anyone. And now Andrew was dead. They'd made it nearly seven months. Deep space occupancy, it was called. An effort to monitor the effects of long-haul space travel on the human body. There had been four of them picked for the mission. Tim, Claire, Steve, and Andrew. Their shuttle, dubbed the Pilgrim by excited if misguided engineers... Crews aboard the International Space Station expected a stay of six months. For the crew of the Pilgrim, it was a minimum of two years. Two years squeezed inside a high-tech tube. Two years with just the same three faces for company. The days were long and black. The nights, no different. The crews in Earth orbit at least had a night cycle down on Earth. For the crew of Pilgrim, the darkness was constant. God, was it any wonder they'd cracked? I keep thinking I I see his body, Tim whispered that evening over dinner, floating past my window, frozen and naked, just staring through the glass. Don't be stupid, Steve snapped, his head hurt. Carrie shot him a look, then took Tim gently by the hand. I think I see him too she said. But it's just nightmares, just noises. Space distorts things. But I keep thinking about what happens when one of us has to go outside, if we're doing repairs and he's just hanging there, watching us. Tim glanced sideways at Steve. Andrew was having nightmares, he added. Before... Steve felt the heat rise in his throat. Andrew had been having nightmares. They'd all known about Andrew's nightmares. About Andrew waking in the middle of the night. About his growing restlessness. Steve had found him one morning on the lower deck, curled up against the wall, wide-eyed and ruffled. I just can't, he gabbled. Sometimes I can't tell whether I'm sleeping or waking. Sometimes I just can't tell. At that point, Steve had had enough. The situation had exploded, months in isolation igniting in an instant, and Andrew had stormed off alone. And then, Steve jerked back from the table. I don't need to hear this, he muttered. I don't need to hear any of this. He felt the other silent stares as he left the room. God, they were going mad all three of them together. 
HQ had assigned them each a personal cabin, arranged at private intervals around the shuttle. Larger than the sleep situations of Earth range astronauts, they consisted of a horizontal bed board, hygiene pod, and round porthole window, squashed into a slim 3x5 space. Steve lay in the fluorescent gloom, listening to the whir of machinery, the creak of distant metal. If he turned his head, he could stare through the cabin's tiny window at the curve of Jupiter, rising high on the horizon. Tim was having nightmares. They'd all had nightmares. They expected nightmares. Nightmares encased in stars and strung through with space sickness. It was a consequence of the body adjusting to zero gravity. A mainstay of the astronaut experience. But this felt... God, this felt... A flash of movement. Steve froze, resisting the urge to look. Something bobbed on the edge of the cabin window. A dark shape, blurred and misshapen, drifting into view. Something that might have been a shadow, might just as easily have been an arm. Tim was having nightmares. Just as every night before, Steve willed himself to breathe, willing himself not to care, not to scream. Finally, he wrenched himself from his sleeping bag and scrambled out into the blessed brightness of the ship. He didn't look back. It was four hours until morning, or whatever morning meant up here. Steve prowled the shuttle corridors, pulling himself from room to room, restless and agitated. Just like Andrew, whispered a voice in the back of his head. Steve forced it away. Almost without thinking, he found himself pausing at a set of doors in the middle deck. Down that way lay the exit hatch, positioned safely above their spacewalk equipment, everyone's suits strapped down to stop them floating away. And Andrew's suits? Andrew's suit was down there. They'd had to do it. There'd been no other place to put it. Tim had come back, heaving, carry with eyes like dark marbles, but now it sat down there with the rest, untouched and unwanted, a grisly reminder. Steve suppressed a shudder, forcing himself away in the dark little room and its listless bodies. On the Pilgrim's lowest deck lay the security bay, a hulking collection of boxes and wire, relaying a constant stream of camera feedback to each cue. The sight of it had always unnerved Steve, sitting there like some squat gray beast, constantly watching. As he floated past, he noticed a soft glow emanating from the central monitor. The screen displayed a grainy recording of the exit hatch he'd just passed, a narrow chute just large enough for a spacesuit, leading to a circular door at the end of a long white ladder. Steve glanced at the timestamp. It was paused at 6.05 GMT, seven days ago, an hour after they'd found Andrew. Tim, Steve thought viciously, and moved to stab the power button, but paused just in time. Something rose in his chest, mingling with the exhaustion and resentment. Glancing over his shoulder, Steve leaned forward and scrubbed back through the footage. Where was it? Where was it at? There! Now the screen displayed a recording of the tunnel nine days ago, almost identical at first. As Steve watched, the top of a helmet rose into frame, followed slowly by the rest of Andrew's spacesuit climbing towards the exit hatch. Slowly, a gloved hand reached out 
and pressed a button at the top of the ladder. The hatch slid open. There was a long moment of breathless silence. Then Andrew let go of the ladder. Up and up he drifted, out of the hatch, out of frame. After two minutes, the emergency mechanisms engaged and closed the hatch. Andrew was gone. Steve shivered and jabbed the pause button, leaving the tape jittering on the empty tunnel. He didn't need to see the next part. Andrew's suit sliding from window to window, tapping gently on the reinforced glass, waiting to be let back in. They'd retrieved the suit because what else could they do? Tim had ventured out and dragged it back inside, and when they'd opened it, nothing. They'd found nothing. No body, no remains, just an empty suit, and Andrew's in-suit radio, looping that single stuttering. Floating. 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 Steve sat back, ran a hand through his hair, and tried to breathe. Andrew was gone. It was done. There was no connection between their nightmares. God, he needed sleep. The days following the incident at dinner were distant and cold. Carrie and Tim ignored him, performing their duties with barely concealed hostility. Steve withdrew, hating them, hating Andrew. The next 12 months rolled out ahead of him, filled with his tight little capsule and its crew of three trapped in the deepest dark, trapped with each other. And through it all, he dreamed. He dreamed of blackness, He dreamed of blurry shapes and empty suits. He dreamed of Andrew's voice, whispering in his ear. He dreamed of floating, floating, floating. Steve jerked awake. He was sitting bolt upright somewhere tight and airless. The air tasted of heat and metal. A fuzzy gray film covered his eyes. Steve tried to move, to cry out, but he was enclosed in something hard and unyielding. Hello? Nothing. Hello? Dark shapes clustered in the shadows outside. Steve squinted, his heart pounding. Then suddenly, it clicked. Spacesuits. He was looking at spacesuits. He was sitting inside. Panic gave way to confusion. Had he done this to himself? Sleepwalk down here? That wasn't possible. It took at least two people to prep a suit, three to do it properly. Something else. Something pounded the back of Steve's brain. The position of the suits. The angle of the room. Steve froze. Was this Andrew's suit? Tim? Claire? Had they done this? I'm fucking serious. This isn't... Steve paused. A soft scratch, scratch, scratch sound had started up next to his ear. A murmuring voice, barely audible in the muffled dark. Steve strained to hear, his heart pounding. A single word whispered through the suit's communication radio. Floating. 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 Andrew? Steve whispered. Andrew? Jesus Christ, this isn't funny. Suddenly... The suit began to move, just an arm at first, then a leg, then slowly the head, 
turning with an exaggerated care. Horrified, Steve watched as it unhooked itself from its station and drifted into the air, upwards, towards the exit chute. He screamed and twisted, but it was like being encased in someone else's body. The fingers wouldn't grip, the arms wouldn't move, the legs wouldn't kick. Andrew? Floating. 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 Steve remembered Tim's dream. Andrew's lifeless body orbiting the shuttle returned to them across the vastness of space. He remembered the security footage. Andrew drifting upwards, unmoving, unchanging, as if he'd already accepted his fate. By now, the suit had grasped the lower rungs of the ladder and pushed up into the chute. The exit hatch grew in Steve's vision, wider and wider. He willed it not to open, willed the mechanism to jam. Maybe someone would find him. Tim, Carrie, stop this nightmare before... The suit reached down and pressed the override switch. The hatch slid open. For a moment, all Steve could see was the vast circle of space spread out high above him. Then the suit let go, and Steve tumbled up, up into the sky. There was nothing Steve could do to slow his fall, nothing he could grasp to keep himself tethered. He couldn't breathe, could hardly think. Wide-eyed, he watched the shuttle drift away from him, growing smaller and smaller in the helmet's visor. He became horribly aware of the terrible vastness, of his own panicked breathing, the smell of ozone and fear. God, was this how Andrew had felt? Had it been this desolate? Jupiter lay below, lit like a magnificent glass dome. Dawn was breaking on the other side of the planet, sending thin golden streaks arcing across the surface. Beautiful. So beautiful. Steve wondered if Andrew had seen it too. Floated up and up and out and out, curving into the endless black. He wondered where Andrew's body was. He wondered if his body would join it. As if in response, Andrew's voice whispered in his ear, soft and deadpan, looping over and over in the vast emptiness. Floating. 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 At least he'd have company. I hope you enjoyed today's episode of The Other Stories. Floating was written by Georgia Cook, narrated by Justin Fife, edited by Carl Hughes, and music by Chris Tabrisky and Tom Robson, and sound effects provided by freesound.org. The episode illustration is provided by Luke Spooner of Carry On House. Georgia Cook is an illustrator and writer from London. She is the winner of the LISP 2020 Flash Fiction Prize and has been shortlisted for the Bridport Prize, Staunch Book Prize, and Reflex Fiction Award, among others. She can be found on Twitter at at GeorgiaCooked and on her website at GeorgiaCookWriter.com. Justin Fife is an audio producer, amateur voice actor, podcaster and video game lover. Follow him on Twitter at at JustinBFife. We're still open for submissions to writers, so if you've always wanted to write a story for the show, now's the time to get a story into us. Head over to theotherstories.net forward slash submissions. You can check out our themes and our submission guidelines. We're currently looking for stories under the themes of video games, cults, surgery, superheroes, Victorian England, and metamorphosis. 
If you enjoyed today's episode, you can help support the show over at patreon.com forward slash hawk and cleaver. You can join our book club, movie club, and writing exercises over at facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash hawk and cleaver. T-shirts, mugs, posters, and comic books are available at gumroad.com forward slash hawk and cleaver. And if you wanted to get into podcasting yourself, we do provide lessons and services at theotherstories.net forward slash services. The Other Stories is a production of the story studio Hawk and Cleaver, and it's brought to you with a Creative Commons attribution, non-commercial, no derivatives license. That means don't change it, don't sell it, but by all means share the hell out of it. Until next time. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.